Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the strategic world of The 48 Laws of Power, New Version, by Robert Greene. This modern classic is an exploration into the potent and often elusive force of power, providing a compelling examination of its mechanics through a combination of philosophical insights and historical anecdotes. Greene, a renowned American author and speaker, crafts a guide that serves both as a defensive primer against manipulative forces and as a strategic manual for those wishing to wield power effectively. A graduate of the University of California, Berkeley, Green has established himself as a master in dissecting the intricacies of strategy, power, and success, as evidenced by the international acclaim of this, his first best-selling book. The 48 Laws of Power is more than just a book. It's a thought-provoking journey through the time-tested laws that govern social and political dynamics. Each law is framed with authoritative commandments, cementing Green's status as a modern-day Machiavelli. Entrepreneurs eager to secure their place in a competitive market will find invaluable tactics within its pages. Meanwhile, those seeking to understand the nature of power, whether to acquire it, wield it for their own purposes, or to shield themselves and their loved ones from its more insidious aspects, will discover a treasure trove of wisdom. Further, the book invites history buffs and the strategically minded to contemplate power dynamics through the ages, offering a rich context and practical applications for today's world. In this episode, we will unpack the essence of power and strategy, as articulated in The 48 Laws of Power, New Version. Whether you aim to dominate the business world, navigate social situations, or simply equip yourself with knowledge of the power plays that shape our world, this is a book you cannot afford to miss. Join us for a compelling synthesis that promises to leave you empowered and enlightened. The 48 Laws of Power, New Version The Secret Methods to Getting What You Want Introduction Master the Battlefield of Influence with timeless strategies of power. It's an intricate dance, one that transcends time and culture, the subtle, often unseen struggle for power that is as old as humanity itself. Some might shy away, but the dance floor is universal, and we are all unavoidably engaged in the rhythm of rivalry and conquest. In the modern age, the thought of power games can seem distasteful or archaic, a relic best left to cutthroat politicians or villains in period dramas. However, power dynamics permeate every sphere of our existence, workplaces, politics, social circles, and beyond. Some individuals glide through these dynamics effortlessly, with an innate grace that seems to give them an edge without apparent effort. Yet this proficiency isn't some mystical talent, it's a craft a set of learned behaviors that can be honed and wielded by anyone willing to become a student of the game. Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power is your primer for the power play, your manual for maneuverability in the arenas of control and influence. Spanning three millennia of human history, Greene unveils the timeless tactics employed by the world's most cunning commanders, leaders, and seducers. Dive in with us as we explore a dozen key principles from Green's expansive rulebook. This isn't about revealing every twist and turn. Where's the fun in that? Instead, 
consider this an appetizer, a starter set, a toolkit to whet your appetite for the strategic feast that is power. As we journey through these laws, you'll learn how embracing a novice's error can catapult you to success, how a finance minister's excruciating fall from grace stemmed from his attempt to dazzle his king, and why, paradoxically, the path to victory may sometimes mean raising the white flag of surrender. Prepare yourself, for the game is afoot, and forewarned, as they say, is forearmed. Part 1. Stay in the good graces of those above you by letting them shine. Imagine you're climbing the professional ladder, striving to catch the eye of those perched on higher rungs. You pour energy into a grand gesture, a brilliant display meant to dazzle your superiors, only to watch in horror as it precipitates your downfall. This is the harsh lesson imparted by the first law of power. Never outshine the master. To navigate the treacherous waters of power, one must first learn to temper ambition with tact. Shine, but not so brightly that you eclipse those with authority over you. History is strewn with tales of those who rose too fast, their brilliance perceived as a threat by those they sought to impress. Consider the instructive tale of Nicolas Fouquet, advisor to King Louis XIV. Despite his undeniable competence and dedication, Fouquet's spectacular display of wealth and connections at an opulent party for the king was interpreted not as flattery but as a challenge. Arrested the very next day, Fouquet's rise to glory led instead to a grim cell, a stark warning to all who might unwittingly outshine their superiors. To win favor, then, cast not your own light too boldly, but rather reflect the glory of those you serve. Take your cues from Galileo Galilei, whose struggle for patronage led him to a discovery that he astutely linked to the powerful Medici family. By christening Jupiter's moons with the names of the Medici siblings and declaring Jupiter itself a symbol of the family patriarch, he flattered their legacy, aligning it with celestial marvels. Through this clever association of the Medicis with the stars, Galileo transformed them into cosmic nobility, cementing their support and securing his future patronage. It was an elegant dance of humility and ingenuity that ensured his survival in the game of power and a perfect illustration of how to thrive without dimming the light of those above you. Part 2. Leverage the talents around you, but guard your creations zealously. Imagine this. You've labored night and day, infused every ounce of your ingenuity into a project, only to watch someone else bask in the acclaim that should have been yours. It's a scenario as old as creation itself and a crucial gambit in the intricate chess game of power. Claim victories through the prowess of others while zealously protecting your own accomplishments. The universe of innovation is littered with unsung heroes whose toil and genius became but footnotes in the annals of someone else's legacy. Take Nikola Tesla, the brilliant mind whose innovations laid the foundation for modern electrical engineering. Tesla's improvements to Edison's dynamo design were nothing short of revolutionary. Yet, the acclaim and the pages of history books are adorned with Edison's name. Tesla's story is both a cautionary tale 
and a masterstroke in power dynamics. While Edison's success was significantly bolstered by Tesla's contributions, he ensured that it was his name that would echo through the corridors of history, not Tesla's. It was Edison who reaped the profits, who received the accolades, while Tesla remained largely in the shadows, his promises of compensation unfulfilled. But Tesla's mistake was not merely in his generosity of spirit, it was in failing to safeguard the fruits of his intellect. The lesson for those vying to ascend the ladder of power is twofold. Harness the brilliance around you, transform it into your triumph, but do so while scrupulously protecting the sanctity of your own creations. In power's subtle art, owning the narrative is paramount because in the end, the world remembers not the hand that forged the tool, but the one who wielded it. Part 3. Win allies and influence through careful observation and strategic friendship. Grasping the reins of power often hinges on your ability to anticipate the moves of others, to understand them better than they understand themselves, to navigate the maze of maneuvering that defines human interaction. One must become both a keen observer and a trusted confidant. To unlock the secrets of an adversary or potential ally, you must become a student of their character, deciphering their desires, fears, and motivations. Like a sculptor chiseling at a block of marble, you unearth the form within by paying close attention to the subtleties that define the individual. Take the cunning of legendary art dealer Joseph Duvain, who set his sights on the formidable Andrew Mellon. Duvain didn't simply throw lavish dinner parties or flashy sales pitches. He crafted a campaign of intimate understanding, charming the keys to Mellon's world right out of the hands of his staff. By shadowing Mellon on a visit to London, serendipitously bumping into him at an art gallery, Duveen leveraged every scrap of insider knowledge to resonate with Mellon's passions. Seamlessly aligning his insights with Mellon's art preferences, Duveen emerged not merely as a savvy dealmaker, but as a kindred spirit, opening the door to Mellon's vast patronage. The lesson is clear. If you seek true power over someone, become an indispensable part of their inner circle by posing as a friend. True, hiring spies is an option, but can you ever be sure of a mercenary's loyalty or the purity of the intelligence they provide? To ensure accuracy and to wield true influence, there is no substitute for embedding yourself in the fabric of their lives. People guard their secrets well, but friendship has a way of loosening tongues, of disarming reservations. By gathering insights firsthand, you position yourself as both confidant and strategist, able to guide decisions and, more importantly, to sculpt the landscape of power in your favor. Part 4. Unsettle your rivals by embracing the unexpected. To remain a step ahead in the game of power, sometimes it's not about sticking to a meticulously laid plan, but about deviating from it in bewildering ways. Confusion is a cloak that can mask your true intentions and capabilities, leaving your adversaries scrambling to understand your next move. Unpredictability can be an ally, as formidable as the most loyal confidant. The more routine your strategies, the easier it becomes for others to decipher your playbook and choreograph countermeasures accordingly. But when you break from the script, rewriting the rules as you go, you create a shield of bewilderment that keeps competitors at bay.
the legendary chess match between Bobby Fischer and Boris Spassky is an exquisite example of this tactic at play. Fischer, aware that Spassky thrived on dissecting the predictable, launched a psychological offensive of erratic behavior. He cast a haze of uncertainty even over his presence at the match's location, leaving everyone wondering if the game would proceed at all. When Fischer finally made his appearance, he seized every moment to voice complaints, shifting the conversation from chess to his grievances about the environment. This barrage of unexpected moves continued onto the board, where Fischer seemed to throw the first match with uncharacteristic errors. It left Spassky questioning, second-guessing. Was this the real Fischer or an elaborate bluff? The ensuing chaos was precisely the diversion Fischer needed. With Spassky preoccupied with interpreting Fischer's behavior, the real game was happening beneath the smokescreen. Fischer's truly strategic plays emerged, bold and audacious, steering the match toward his ultimate victory and leaving the world with a new chess champion. So, embrace unpredictability as a strategy. Let the element of surprise be your silent partner and watch your adversaries falter in their attempts to decrypt the enigma of your actions. In their distraction lies your opportunity to strike with precision and secure your triumph in the grand game of power. Part 5. Embrace defeat as a springboard for future victories. It's an instinct as primal as the human spirit itself, to stand against the tides, to resist, to fight. Yet sometimes, power lies not in the roar of battle, but in the quiet of capitulation. When you confront a force mightier than your own, wisdom whispers a counterintuitive truth. Sometimes, to win in the long run, you must surrender now. It's in bending like the reed before the storm that we avoid snapping in half. By surrendering, you reserve your energies, concede the field without suffering crippling losses, and grant yourself the chance to regroup, reassess, and strike back when the moment is ripe. Picture the shrewd elegance with which Bertolt Brecht, the influential revolutionary playwright, faced the relentless scrutiny of the U.S. government. As the post-war anti-communist fervor swept through the nation, Brecht, unlike his outspoken and combative peers, approached the ordeal with tranquility and cooperative demeanor. His deference to the Inquisition caught his adversaries off guard. They expected defiance and Brecht handed them compliance. In doing so, he earned his release, steering clear of the punishing blacklist that silenced many of his contemporaries. Brecht's artful submission was an exercise in power conservation. While others raged and consequently suffered professional exile, he retreated strategically, preserving his voice for future defiance in a move that was as powerful as it was discreet. Let Brecht's poise be your guide. When overwhelmed, consider laying down your arms. Let the force against you believe in their victory, indulge in their moment of supremacy. As they relax, disarmed by your apparent defeat, seize the time to recharge and strategize. For power, after all, isn't always won in the raging fire of confrontation, but often in the cool shadows of tactical withdrawal. Part 6. Cultivate an air of authority to secure respect and power. You've climbed the ranks, navigated the labyrinth of office politics, and now find yourself wielding a measure of power. But remember, holding an authoritative position is only part of the battle. The next challenge? 
convincing everyone of your superiority, a challenge that requires a display of confidence in your role. In the theatre of power, costumes and props matter. Cast aside the regalia that signifies your station, and you risk creating a vacuum, one that whispers of your uncertainty and invites contempt. Consider the cautionary tale of King Louis-Philippe of France, whose disdain for monarchic pomp undermined his authority. To the eyes of his subjects, the king's informal attire and preference for banker comrades over courtiers blurred the lines defining his royal station. This equalizing demeanor bred revulsion where there should have been reverence, crafting a narrative of a ruler who disowned his crown even as he wore it. The result? A swift descent from throne to historical footnote as his reign crumbled beneath the weight of widespread resentment. The lesson here is clear. To command respect and power, you must inhabit your role with every fiber of your being. Let there be no ambiguity in the way you carry yourself. Exude the confidence, the assurance, and the unassailable posture of your rank. This is the strategy of the crown. The understanding that if you believe in your preeminence, it becomes self-fulfilling. Christopher Columbus, a man of lesser birth, understood this as he paraded himself among the Spanish nobility with the poise of a monarch. His princely demeanor won him the trust and support of the Spanish crown, a testament to the power of appearance and self-assured bearing in navigating the waters of influence. To be treated as a leader, you must first seduce yourself into believing in your royal bearing, and then extend that performance beyond the confines of your mind to the world at large. It's a show, a powerful guise, that if donned well, can assure both your ascendance and your legacy. Part 7. Win hearts and minds to wield power with finesse. Consider the conundrum of warfare. When is victory more than just the defeat of an enemy? When the battle is won not just on the field, but in the hearts of your adversaries? Such is the essence of the principle that seduction trumps coercion in the delicate dance of power. Let's take a trip back in ancient China and visit the brilliant strategist Chuko Liang. Liang, in the face of war, chose a path least expected. While the notion of demonstrating strength through force is instinctual, Liang recognized that the application of raw power fosters hidden resentments and endless strife. Thus, he devised another approach, one that bypassed the sword and shield in favor of an allure that was bound to captivate even the most hardened foe. Instead of brutalizing the southern king Mengua and his forces, Liang extended unexpected kindness, using seduction to weave an enticing web around his adversary's emotions. The technique is simple yet nuanced. Push your opponent to the brink where fear takes hold, and then, with surprising benevolence, pull them back from the edge. Feed them. Entertain them. Show them a degree of respect they would never have anticipated. This sudden shift from anticipated agony to soothing reprieve disarms them, planting seeds of loyalty and gratitude where there once was only animosity. Over the course of seven captures, Liang's artful diplomacy disintegrated Menguo's resolve. Rather than feeling subjugated by force, Menguo was overcome by a sense of obligation toward the man who spared him repeatedly. Ultimately, he yielded not in the shadow of the blade, but under the light of admiration for his captor's magnanimity. 
employ seduction as a strategic tool. Coercion may bring compliance, but seduction carries a subtler power, inspiring heartfelt allegiance. It is in this alchemical transformation of the spirit that true power is not just exerted, but embraced willingly by those over whom it is held. Part 8. Turn adversaries into assets and keep friends at arm's length. In the intricate dance for dominance, intuition might compel you to enlist trusted friends as allies in your climb to the top. Yet, ironically, the quest for power often demands keeping closest friends at bay and extending a hand instead to those you might least expect, your rivals. It's a lesson steeped in the annals of power. Your friends, bound by ties of affection and common history, may secretly harbor resentments. Envy festers when boundaries blur, and friends observing your ascent might covet the altitude you've attained. Wisdom, then, lies in creating space, safeguarding your ascendancy by distancing yourself from those who might fancy themselves as your equal. Historical precedent underscores this strategy with the tale of Emperor Song, who with shrewd magnanimity dismissed his generals, all intimate friends, to lives of opulence, effectively eliminating them as threats. This act of strategic disentanglement afforded Emperor Song an uncommonly long and stable reign. So where then to seek collaborators in your strategic maneuvers? Turn your gaze to your adversaries. It might seem paradoxical at first, but working with enemies can expand your reach and deflate tensions. They have their ambitions, you have yours, and common goals can forge the strongest of bonds. The alliance between Talleyrand and Fouche, longtime political enemies under Napoleon, is a classic case in point. With shared foresight of the emperor's waning rule, they put aside their animosity and collaborated on a coup leveraging their unique positions to chip away at Napoleon's power base. Talleyrand's machinations abroad, coupled with Fouche's machinations, with England crafted a pincer movement that precipitated Napoleon's downfall. Through this union of purpose, Talleyrand ascended to a position of prominence in the subsequent regime. Remember then, when curating your circle of collaborators, friends may not always spur your ascent, their proximity to you may breed complacency or entitlement. Instead, consider the potential of harnessing the ambition of an adversary. In their hunger for success lays the promise of a mutually beneficial climb, a shared journey to the pinnacle of power. Part 9. Win through actions, not words. In life's grand power play, the temptation to engage in intellectual jousts to prove oneself right through verbal sparring, can be overwhelming. Yet experience, history's sage counsellor, advises caution against this path, reminding us that victory in debate often comes at the cost of influence. The art of persuasion is a delicate balance, a subtle interplay that ventures beyond the spoken word. Particularly when dealing with figures of authority, confrontational tactics risk rousing their defiance rather than swaying their judgment. Consider the unfortunate fate of the ancient Roman engineer, whose insistence on a more efficient battering ram design led to a bitter and fatal confrontation. His analytical prowess, though accurate, proved irrelevant against the brutal simplicity of power. It's not sufficient, then, to merely be correct. 
one must be persuasive in a manner that transcends words. Sir Christopher Wren, the mastermind architect of the 17th century, illustrates this principle flawlessly. Faced with the demands of the cautious mayor of Westminster for superfluous columns, Wren shunned argumentation in favor of a more creative solution. He constructed non-load-bearing columns to assuage the mayor's fears, effectively implementing his own design while maintaining the veneer of compliance. Beneath the grandeur of architectural achievement, Wren's canny maneuver underlined a potent message. Silent persuasion through action is superior to the hollow triumphs of debate. These columns, which one day were discovered to be mere facades, served as monuments to Wren's strategic foresight and to the law of power that urges us to convince through deeds rather than discourse. It's a tactic that ensures your vision prevails without the pitfalls of altercation, shaping reality with a sly nod to the opposition's perceived victory. Part 10. Align your requests with others' self-interest for mutually beneficial outcomes. Power dynamics are rarely swayed by appeals to altruism. The most direct route to mobilizing assistance lies in tapping into the self-interest of those whose help you seek. History provides a stark reminder that relying on the gratitude or moral compass of others is fraught with risk. Consider the story of the Italian prince and the Poggios, a tale of misplaced trust that culminated in the demise of those who expected goodwill to be repaid. The Poggios banked on the prince's sense of honor and gratitude, a gamble that led to their tragic downfall. When you need support or assistance, invoke not the goodwill of those you appeal to, but their vested interests. This tactic, however, requires a keen understanding of what truly motivates people, an understanding that often eludes even the most earnest of allies. The Portuguese emissaries to Japan learned this lesson the hard way, as their uncompromising religious fervor blinded them to the Japanese leader's true desires. It was self-interest, not spiritual enlightenment, that the Japanese sought. Appoint the Dutch with their sagacious trading offer, grasped with deft precision. By offering access to European markets, the Dutch secured a partnership with the Japanese emperor, demonstrating that self-interest is the universal currency of human motivation. When vying for power and the allegiance of others then, remember to probe for common ground where your goals intersect with their desires. Create proposals that serve both parties, for it is in the mutual benefit that the strongest alliances are forged, cater to the egos, ambitions, and hungers of those you wish to sway and watch as they pivot from bystanders to collaborators in your ascent to power. Part 11. Elusive Allure. The Magnetic Pull of the Unattainable. It's a timeless paradox observed in everything from romance to retail. Human desire intensifies for the unreachable, while the readily available is quickly taken for granted. This isn't just about matters of the heart. It's a fundamental principle that spans social interactions and figures prominently in the power playbook. Consider the town of Medea, resistant to concentrated power and ever wary of rising figures. Here, Dioces, a man adept at meeting the city's need for mediation, found his abilities increasingly undervalued. His mistake? Being ceaselessly available to resolve conflicts, an oversight that dulled his sheen to the very populace he served. 
The key to reigniting desire, Diocese discovered, was to make himself scarce, to orchestrate an absence so keenly felt that his presence would no longer be underestimated, but eagerly sought. By retreating to the countryside, he flipped the script, transforming from a dutiful conciliator to an indispensable leader the city could not afford to lose. As desire for his return swelled to a crescendo, Deoses seized command, dictating the terms of his rulership. His strategic withdrawal had not only reignited his appeal, but had, paradoxically, elevated him to the position of monarch. In this historical vignette lies a vital lesson for those seeking power. Your presence must be a gift that is not overextended. Be sparing with your availability and let absence accentuate your worth. There's a magnetism in mystery, a seduction in scarcity that draws people in. When you hold back, when you carefully ration access to yourself, you transform into the prize, the coveted asset that everyone clamors for. Let this principle guide your actions and watch as your perceived value escalates, bestowing upon you the power and leadership that such desirability inevitably commands. Part 12. Embrace the court, not the fortress, to maintain power. There's a fortress of solitude, a place of retreat and defense, that beckons when our sense of security is threatened, promising safety from the perceived dangers lurking outside its walls. Yet, if history is any guide, fortresses, both literal and metaphorical, spell doom for those who seek power. Isolation may offer protection, but it also severs the very connection to the world that is the lifeblood of influence. To wield power, you need to be in the thick of things, developing relationships, picking up on subtleties, and aligning with key players. Look to the cautionary tale of Qi Shi Huang Ti. Though he was the uncontested ruler of China, fear led him to ensconce himself in a palace labyrinth, hidden from those who could have strengthened his reign. Cut off from the realities of his kingdom, he eventually met a lonely end, remote and detached from the pulse of his empire's heart. Contrast this with the savvy maneuverings of Louis XIV, the Sun King. Rather than distance himself from the noble class, he did the exact opposite, inviting them into the opulent Versailles Palace. By orchestrating a daily spectacle where his presence was central, Louis transformed the potentially rebellious aristocracy into an audience perpetually seeking his favor and well disposed to his authority. Louis XIV's Versailles wasn't simply a residence, it was a dazzling stage where power was performed and affirmed. The nobility, once a force of discord, became a captive ensemble in constant proximity to the king. Through elaborate rituals and carefully orchestrated interaction, the king asserted his influence, not by physical power but by subtle psychological mastery. In this, there is a lesson in power dynamics. It's not enough to barricade oneself. Real power comes from engagement, from pulling those you rely on into your circle, where you can charm, cajole, and when necessary, coerce their loyalty. So avoid the temptation to retreat into hiding and instead cultivate power through presence, interaction, and strategic sociability. Final summary. The currents of power run deep and touch all shores of life, 
untamed by time, unyielding to the progress of civilizations. Whether in the hallowed halls of history or the boardrooms of today, the rules of the game remain unwritten, known only to those astute enough to perceive and courageous enough to play. To dismiss the play for power as a relic of a bygone age is to surrender one's agency in a world where the quest for dominion persists in newer, subtler forms. Yet, herein lies the opportunity. By delving into the strategic chess matches of the past, by sifting through the tales of ambition, intrigue, and triumph, you can arm yourself with an arsenal of wisdom that transcends errors. The game beckons, its board set, its pieces in motion. Embrace the stratagems that history's masterminds have bequeathed. Fortify your position with the hard-earned insights of conquerors and kings, diplomats and deceivers. Whether you seek to lead, to innovate, or to conquer, the essence of power remains rooted in understanding and maneuvering within the invisible latticework of society. By studying the undulations of power's past, by recognizing that the dance of dominance is eternal, you empower yourself to claim a seat amongst the shapers of destiny, the players who, through cunning, courage, and calculated moves, redefine the rules of the game. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.